Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Ruck Up Buttercup! Ruck Up Buttercup podcast can be found on all your favorite streaming locations. As well, we are now available on Reese Across America Radio on Fridays at 11 p.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find Reese Across America Radio on the iHeartRadio app, the Odyssey app, and the TuneIn app. Just search the word Reese. Can't wait to see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ruck Up Buttercup. Today, it is just me with our guest, and I'm really excited to have our new guest on here. We are in the middle of PCS season. I am sure a ton of you that listen are in the midst of it or went through it last year, so you kind of have a pretty good idea of what is going on in the world of military this over the summertime right now. Currently, I have with me Maria Mendez-Reed. She is with the Moving with the Military. Um, she has a lot of experience as well as has some great advice for us today. So Maria, will you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks so much for having me on. First of all, I really do appreciate that. Um, like you said, my name is Maria Reed. I am a military spouse of over 20 years, and it sounds so weird to say that. Um, it's like a lifetime of things. Um, I'm getting ready to be a military mom. Our son leaves for basic. He just graduated high school. He's going to do a short term of basic training and then go to college. It's an early commission program. So there's just a, a million things. So I feel like my head is spinning and we're not PCSing this year, <laughs> but I feel like we are just with so many moving parts. Our daughter goes back to school, but you know, I think that's just the, the story of a military family. <laughs> yeah, it's always chaos. I don't think that there's any time, like we talk about PCS season and then deployments, but it's like, no, everything in between is just as crazy. I think like the perfect term is chaos coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's how I feel. Like it's, a, a, you know, juggling a million things at the same time. And, you know, it is what Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just, it never gets easier. Like we're on the outside of the military, but because he still works with it, we still... <laughs> the chaos is still there all the time. The different schedules and everything is always, you never know what's going to happen next. But oddly enough, I don't think I would change a thing. Like, I don't know if I could just, it. it I think about it going back to civilian life now, as he's 22 months away from getting out of the military and retiring even though I think like, nah, they're going to offer you something and you're going to stay because he is like military <laughs> through and through. But, it, you know, that part of transitioning and what does that look like and going back into civilian life? What does that really mean? Is It's a, you know, it's a little nerve wracking because it yeah. feels like I've been gone for so long. For sure. I think we've been part of it now. We were talking about it 15 years. So we're not too far behind you. And he did get out about eight years ago and we we genuinely thought, well, let's find civilian jobs. Let's do something. But the hardest part, because he's Intel was his job does not go anywhere in the normal world. It does not fit anywhere. And we didn't have the resources at the time. We were pretty young still to just sit and do college. Like we didn't have the resources for that to be what we can do um, after two O'Connor's trips. I had no job experience for the last seven years. So me getting a job that would be financially stabilizing our family was kind of out of the question as well. So 
he applied for a lot of places and a lot of them said that he was over experienced or didn't have the right experience so it was really frustrating and it ended up being that like the only job we had was to just get back into the military sector and yeah we're still here so <laughs> but don't you love when you hear that overqualified you have too much experience I think he was the most frustrated that was mostly the excuse and it was like for leadership jobs he was just applying for management jobs in just small like in companies and he wasn't looking for something that crazy he just wanted something stable to go through college and it was because he had so much leadership experience being a non-commissioned officer they were like no that's you have too much for what we're looking for like or you know I don't know if that's really the case I hate that as an excuse but it's like right if he's willing to do the job, what does it matter if he has too much experience? I heard it all the time trying to find work as a military spouse. And it was, oh, you're overqualified. You have too much experience. I'm I'm ready to work. I want to work. Right. Like, don't you think you'd want me there? Because I've, I've got that experience and you know I'm going to be here for you. But it's it, that is one of the, the weirdest excuses. But it really is. It's such a frustrating thing because you're like, it doesn't matter if, if I apply at McDonald's, they'll hire me. It doesn't matter if I have experience or not. Like, yay. True, true. Yeah. So we ended up back here, back doing the same job on the civilian side. It is a little bit nice. He doesn't have to do uniforms. He doesn't have to do PT. So he works with all the same people. Strangely, a lot of people that he still worked with in the military are stationed with us in a lot of places. So it's the same job, just looks a little different. Well, it's like you never left, actually. It pretty much yeah. is. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start my own business, because I always felt as a military spouse that it was so difficult to find a job. I was overqualified. I was underqualified. I had too much education. I didn't have enough. Edu- it was always something. Oh, you're going to move. Oh, what brings you to this town? Oh, it's the military. Oh, thank you so much. You're just not a right fit for us. I mean, I have heard it all. Yeah, I have heard it all. Um, and that was one of the biggest reasons why I said we we need to do something that not only I can do while you're in the military. I'm a military spouse. We can take it with us anywhere. Whenever we PCS, we can do do all the things. And then when you get out, we'll be able to do even more. But yeah, then that's why we started moving with the military, not just to start our own business, but the, the main reason was to really help military families understand what having a home really feels like because and I've asked this question and I'll ask it to you what does home mean to you define the word home for me it's being with my family my immediate family and it doesn't really matter where it is my my extended family thinks we're crazy because we chose to come back to Germany we lived here before and we have chosen to basically stay here as long as they'll let us (laughs) we because I, as long as I have my family, my immediate family with me, and then we can go on adventures and we're able to be together. So for me, it's the family thing. I love that because I hear so many different things. It's home is where they're from, Mm -hmm. the the place they lived maybe five duty stations ago. It's the people that they're with. It's um, the physical place. And so many times I hear, well, I'm not going to do that until it's our forever home or when it's when we're done. And that always made me kind of like wonder then what does home really look like while your spouse is in the service, while you're on this journey with them? What does home look like? Then do we just live in boxes? I know that the, the might listeners be easier. Right. The listeners can't see what's in behind me because there's boxes everywhere right now. But you know, what what home 
really means is like you said, it's your fa it's I think it's all of it. It's the family, it's the place, it's it's the people, but having the place that we live in is where we make those memories. And it really kind of hit home when our daughter, I think we were stationed at Fort Stewart. We were at Fort Stewart and our daughter said, oh, I want to paint um, our room, my room pink. Can I paint it pink? And I was like, immediately in my head, it was just a, a hard no. Absolutely not because we're going to have to paint it back. And I see this little face of, oh, just, torture of why are we not going to paint my room it's you whoa, like the little tears and I thought to myself it's simply just paint we can paint it back it's not a big deal but to a kid it really made a big difference on what on how they felt and and it just at that moment was that trigger for me it was that change of going you know what this is where they're making their memories they're in this for the long haul they're in it because they didn't have a choice in it. So I don't want their memories always to be of boxes and moving stickers, of, you know, finding those moving stickers somewhere and oh, not yeah. a space that they wanted to be in, that they loved, that they felt comfortable in. So that was really the trigger for me to want to do that for, for our own family. But then how could we help other families do yeah. the same thing? The same I way. love that because I, I do, I, I'm very guilty of leaving white walls and I've had kids ask me and it, it's just because you know, you're going to have to undo it. <laughs> so, but I, undo that it. makes sense that it is a good way for them to feel like home because they don't have that definition of like, I would as family as home, like they home is my bedroom. And if it looks the same way everywhere I move, then I'm going to feel a lot more settled. Yeah. And that was the key. Feel a lot more settled. Mm-hmm. So that they don't have these feelings of it's hard enough. You know, my kids always said, I'm always the new kid. Right. You know, I, this is just normal for me. So how could we make it a place that feels stable, that feels comfortable for them that they really love and, and have them be a part of making those decisions. So if it couldn't be the pink walls, what, what could we do to add the pink? Is it pink curtains? Is it you know, what could we do to make it feel like their own? And that was kind of that mission that I was on in speaking with the families on how, how can we do that? How can we make that happen? And then so that there's not an undue stress on the family going, wow, I'm so glad that they did all of this for me, but now I have to paint everything back, take down the chandelier, oh, and then there's more stress. We don't right, want that part. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about what moving with the military does. I mean, obviously you're helping military families connect with their new places and how to feel like home. So, so moving with the military is actually a TV show. My background is in television production. That is what I did before I met my husband. So yes, I had a whole career and a whole life before I met him. We were older actually when, uh, when we met. Um, and then I gave all that up to support mm -hmm. his career. And then uh, really for me, I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to stay at home, but that lasted a very short time that lasted two years. And then I was like, I'm done. It's <laughs> I need something to do. Yeah. I'm like, I need stuff to do. Um, but we created the show moving with the military to number one, share the stories of military families. And I'll share with you. Cause I saw it today. My son and I, who's now 18, uh, we went to Waco, we went to Magnolia and there's a beautiful big giant mural on the side of the building that says everyone deserves for their stories to be heard. And when I saw that, I was like, yes, that is exactly why we created Moving with the Military. 
first and foremost, it's about sharing the stories of the military families, of the spouses, of the children, of the service member, sharing their stories because someone else out there may be going through the same thing, may need to hear that, may connect with that story. That to me is the most important part. Then what happened to be this makeover show because that's like the gift. So I always call it the bonus. Hey, by the way, we're also a makeover show and we give the family the thing that most military families won't do or can't do. We are, and when I mean won't, it's just not that it's, sometimes it's a financial situation. Most of our military families that we support have had a crisis in some kind of way. Um, some just have a, a fascinating story that we want to share. We were recently in Alaska helping a military family. And we thought it was so neat because I'd never been to Alaska. And I had no idea that the sun stayed out forever <laughs> for, for a certain amount of time. And that was just you know crazy. And seeing how many military families move there and the cost of living. Oh, my God. Can we talk about the price of Doritos? $10. It was crazy. Wow. But but the whole you know show, I know I digress. Squirrel, I went everywhere. The show is really to share the stories of the military family and then create a space for them so that they can reintegrate, be a family together, love the space that they're in. I think so many of us realized during COVID how much we hated being inside and looking at our walls. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We're like, can I paint that? Can I do something to that? Can I and and if we think about it with military families, that's our constant. We're always moving to a new place. We're always having to figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that is really why we wanted to be able to give that gift and share that. And then also show other military families, this is doable on a budget. I love HGTV, but who, who has that kind of money? Right, absolutely. I'm like, wow, that $100,000 kitchen, that's nice. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. And they always talk about their jobs and they're like working as a chef. It's like, where do you, what, how are you making that money? Yeah. Where does that come from? So we wanted to be able to do things that are doable, affordable, realistic, but still, you know, Hey, I could Instagram this, I could Pinterest this, but something that re to me that real people could really do. Yeah. And you give them ideas of, so if they can't afford the curtains, the special curtains, you could always go get fabric. You can, you know, there's things that can cut that budget in half and make oh, useful resources. <laughs> that is the story of my life. I feel like I'm the DIY, I don't want to say queen because I'm sure there are people that are much better at it, but I, I have to DIY so much because I have a limited budget for every makeover. And then I look at that and I'm like, wow, yeah, I could buy that one chair that's $5,000. Hmm. Or no, I'm going to do this entire room for $5,000 or $3,000 or whatever it is and figure out, how to do it on the budget that we have. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Curtains is usually one of the ones that I'm like, I can figure that out. Yeah. You're like, I don't need $60 <laughs> curtains. It's crazy. No, no, <laughs> we can do that for a lot less, but yeah, it's, it's just finding, finding all the different ways. Um, and I'll ask you since we're having these lovely conversations, because I hear it all the time. Storage is the bane of everyone's existence because there's never enough. There's never enough room to store the things that we have. So how do you handle that? How do you ever handle storage? Um, I don't have too much of that issue because I'm very, I consider myself very minimalist. So we, nice. every time we move, we get rid of like half of what we own. So 
<laughs> the purge. Yeah, I think it's funny. It's just kind of my personality, I guess, because I've seen some posts recently where people are like making extra stickers for their boxes. So if their stuff gets missing, someone's going to call or are they putting trackers in there? And I'm like, dude, if a box went missing, I don't think I'd even know. I don't I don't keep track of what we own that much. So I'm like, hmm, probably has happened over the like 10 times we moved. Probably lost a box somewhere. Hmm. The box are too, it's missing. But I think having a minimalist approach, and I, I say that often, is one of the best ways to live a military lifestyle because then you don't have a lot of stuff and then you don't need as much storage to be able to hide the stuff, store the stuff, put the stuff. And, and I think sometimes with kids, we, because they're military kids, and if any of the listeners want to like, hopefully not yell at me, but if they feel the same way, we tend to overgive our children toys and things because we feel like we're making up for it. We're making up for you right, being a Absolutely. So I'm going to give you all this stuff. And then, then there's more stuff. And it's not always us overbuying. I feel like during deployments, my in-laws, my parents, everybody sends extra stuff. Or also yes. when we were lower enlisted, you'd go at Christmas time and they'd be giving your kids like six things. And it's like, I don't, we don't need extra presents. And you just keep getting more things from his command. And you're like, oh my gosh. So it kind of comes from all angles, I think on the military side. It's true. That is very true. So I, I think paring it down or not giving the kids everything at the same time can also help because it just, it just seems to add and add and add, but it's, it's crazy, especially during PCS. I feel almost like I have forgotten a little bit about PCSing because we've been here at Fort Hood, now Fort Cavazos for six years. Yeah. So you feel a little more settled finally. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how did we manage this? We, we got high school stabilization back to back, which is pretty unheard of. Um, but people have said, once you come here, Young says Fort Hood, they need people. So they're probably not complaining that people want to stay. Yeah, they're never leaving. So yeah, (laughs) they're like, oh, that's fine. You can stay as long as you want. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think the kids room, though, is the hardest place for me to minimize. I don't know. I it is guilt. I do think it's guilt, especially since we moved over here again. And they had to like, we were at Fort Bragg for seven years. So same as like, you know, we had to kind of just take what they the only thing they remember, they were like, four and two when we moved there so they were tiny and just be like hey this adventure they love it now they're so in love with living here but like we didn't get rid of as much of their stuff because I'm like I want them to have their toys and they're gonna feel lonely and now we're in a tiny German rooms and we kind of regret it (laughs) because it's just kind of chaos but all the things but but yeah that's that's what we do um I also founded uh co-founded a nonprofit called the inspire up foundation um with uh three other military spouses, and we created or started the uh, Giving Tuesday Military Movement, which is all about kindness, and that's going to be coming up in November. So we are always looking for ambassadors, and you can be anywhere in the world to be an ambassador for Giving Tuesday Military, because pretty much all you have to do is be nice. Be (laughs) nice and kind. There's no money involved. There's We wanted to create something that anybody could do, that you could be a part of without, you know, spending a single penny. And the kindness movement was it. We just were like, let's be nice. That's what we need more of in the world. We need people to be good. We do. And, and so that's where we are. That's Giving Tuesday. It is the Tuesday after, make sure I'm saying it right. It is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So it's Thanksgiving, then Black Friday, 
all the sales first. Right. Everything is about, I I always feel like everything is about money. So that's why with us, Giving Tuesday Military has nothing to do with money. Now, if you want to buy people coffee and you, hey, absolutely, you know, go right ahead. We do, you know, bake sales where we not even bake sales. We have people bake for weeks, it seems like. And then we go on post and we're just giving away cookies and muffins and, you know, we pass by the gate and give them to the service members. And we're always just trying to be kind, show, show kindness that day. Um, we love that the kids around the country at different schools have been using like post-it notes and putting them on the mirrors and just with words of affirmation. And I love seeing that positivity, you know, let's flood social media with positive messages instead of negative messages. So I'm all about it. That was, that was my total plug for giving Tuesday military. So I hope that um, anybody listening will want to be a part of it. You could be civilian or military. It really doesn't matter. Awesome. No, I love that. I will make sure that it gets included in the show notes. So anybody can look up where to find out how to get involved with that as well. Thank um, you. Oh, I want to go back to talking about the moving of the military and how you'd like to tell their stories. I just, I think that is amazing. I think that's a lot of what we do here at Rocket Buttercup. We only host other military spouses and not, oftentimes they don't have any association with anything, right? They're just girls that were, we told them what the topics were and they're like, oh, I want to come talk about self-help. Let's come in and I'm going to talk in. They tell our, their stories and we have had girlfriends, we have had moms, we have had everywhere along the community come in and it's just every single person has a different story and it's so cool to see where everybody's been and just kind of get different stories of our community because not everybody gets their story told and I I get super excited when it is just someone who's not really known in the military community who just comes in and tells us their story and they're just open about it and we get to hear not only their story but their perspective on whatever the topic of the day is and it's just it's great the military family is great there's so many great people I really love that because it's like you said, it's from the civilian side, people don't understand. And when we've gone to like big organizations or, you know, big businesses and they're like, hey, we can, you know, create something that's just military. We're immediately met with "Mm, the military community is really small and very niche. And we don't think we're a part of that. And then that's when you see so many military and uh, veteran owned and military spouse owned businesses pop up because they didn't, they, meaning the powers that be of the civilian world, didn't want to listen, didn't care. Um, you know, I recently heard a story about Nomadis. I don't know if you know them. They're a bracelet, charm bracelets, mm-hmm. uh, like Pandora. And they went to a large company like that. And they're like, no, we're not interested. But then that large company turned around and started making a military collection. I'm like, really? Come on now. But I, I was looking through their website And it was so beautiful because I'm a storyteller and I looked at the charms on their bracelets and one of them was the moving sticker. sticker. Yes. And, you know, different one, um, different charms that represented different bases, different times in your life. I really loved that. I had never seen that before. And I wasn't a big fan of the charm bracelets because I felt like they didn't pertain to me. Like they pertain in a, in a big scale, like overarching life mom, you know, yeah. that but this was so specific that it really touched my heart. I thought it was beautiful. And that's another way of telling your story. Cause some people aren't writers, aren't talkers, you know, they're like, don't want to do that. But that's such a way, a beautiful way of telling your story by having those, you know, and I'm not sponsored by them in any way. 
I just, you know, loved that idea of being able to tell your story, whatever way you tell your story. And that, that leaves a legacy. Like you had said, people yeah. who come on and they're just sharing their story, that's leaving their legacy because they don't know who they're touching with the words that they've said. Someone will connect with their story or maybe feel like, oh my gosh, I am not the only person that is feeling that, that way. So I love that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we hope. And that's why we bring on different people because as myself and Ashley as the co-hosts, we only have our story and it can't relate to everybody. Like we are actually her and my stories are quite similar. So it's like, we don't relate to the mass of the military. So it's kind of fun to, to hear the girl, especially the girlfriends. That was one of my favorite episodes this year. <laughs> it was just kind of like, I was only the girlfriend for a few months. He just through like basic training in AIT and then we got married. So I'm like, I didn't really do the girlfriend side of the story. And it was really cool to hear like, where they are now and how I think there's a large community of in the twenties where they're not looking to get married immediately. They're not in the rush that we felt like we were when we were younger and it's, they plan to stay girlfriend and travel along and move on their own and just be with them. And I think that was really cool to think, like, I just felt like it wasn't an option when I was their age. And it's really cool that they can still have their own life and still be part of the military community without having to get married right away. Okay. Now, now that you just said that, why do we feel as military spouses that we lose our lives or lose our identity when we become a military spouse? Because it happens. Like you were saying, we give up jobs, you know, we do, we have to follow and that's hard. It is hard to not have a job and a solid, I'm making income. I think that's my biggest thing and why I still continuously trying to keep myself busy as I want to help contribute to the family. And you kind of lose that a lot of places, especially like where we are now here. You can't really easily work in Germany. There's, you can only work at a few jobs that are on base. Otherwise you're dealing with German taxes and it just isn't worth the money. So it's hard to sit here. And this is why I do volunteer. And this is why I'm doing the podcast where I volunteer for it. And because I need something that is me, that's not just my husband's job. Good. And I am so glad because I see that. And I was that I was that person that I felt like I lost my identity of who I was and what I did because of giving it all up so that he could you know, have his career. Um, but what I want to say is that I encourage military spouses who are listening, do not lose yourself. Find something that you are passionate about and continue to do it because you'll come to the end of a career, but it's not the end of your career. You're coming to the end of his career. And then what are you going to do? And you're both going to be lost, right? (laughs) Yeah. What, how do you define yourself? So like moving with the military started six years ago, almost seven years ago. And we did, I, I felt like I did that because I needed to do something for me. Yes. I'm a military spouse, but I'm not just. Patrick's wife, you know, I'm, I'm a lot of other things. I've got some pretty cool skills. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I've actually won awards. I'm like, you know, I've done some stuff, but it felt like it, it didn't exist. And I felt, I felt lost. I love volunteering. I love being part of the SFRGs, finding my community. I really love that, but I still knew that I needed to do something that was, that was me, that I was passionate about that I could take with me no matter where we went. 
Um, and even though it is based on military life, so it's so based on off of his career, um, it's just something that I felt that that was me. And he'll say it all the time because people have said to him, wow, um, First Sergeant Reed, the show that you have for moving with the military is amazing. And then he'll look over at me and he's like, I kind of have nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> the it's only no part is the military part that associates me at all, right? Yeah, pretty much. And they're like, no, but you do the makeovers. And he's like, have you watched a show? Because because yeah. I don't. It's my wife. So I'm glad that he's always been my biggest cheerleader and supporter. And he's always like, you can do it. Hopefully when he retires, we will be able to do this together. So look out, Chip and Joanna Gaines, we're the military version coming in. Hopefully we'll be able to do it together. But, you know, we'll, we'll see where it all takes us. I think it's super awesome. Um, I don't know if you know much about me, but I am actually the founder of Deployed Love, which is the sister company that holds us. And uh, yeah, I built it to give myself a job. (laughs) I mean, it really was. And it's grown and it's really amazing to watch. And it was really sad to step away from it when I moved out here. But I knew that I couldn't run a company like that from this far away. There are so many volunteers that work underneath of the person who runs it. And I was like, I can't be up at two o'clock in the morning to have meetings on the East coast and the West coast. And I was like, I know that this is where I have to step away um, after five years of building it, but it's still there. Everything's a season. You never know. But I built something that it supports so many military spouses. And I, I love to just watch now and get to see the work is still going and they're still hosting the holiday mini sessions every year. And these families get beautiful pictures and they get to feel connected during deployments and it's going and it's beautiful. So I think military spouses, if you can't find a job, create your own job. Yes. Yes. I could not agree with you more. Create it, make it's it happen. scary and it's hard. I mean, jumping in and learning how to run a nonprofit and you've done it yourself is it's hard. It's a lot of work, but boy, do you feel accomplished and it's yours. Like you do what you want with it. And it's better than trying to like sell something for some other company or just try to make the like change of what that comes to, which is unfortunate, but it's yeah. flexible. I know there's a lot of people that end up in MLM for that sake is because it's, it can move with them, but not making enough. And it's discouraging. I've known a lot of spouses where they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to start this job. And it's not a job because it's just doing something for someone else. For someone else. Start your own business. The military community is so cool because all those military spouse owned companies and all those veteran owned companies support each other. It's amazing to see the like, we, I know I shop those companies. That's what I would prefer to. I know when we have like people donating to deployed love, who are we reaching out to? Because we want their stuff. We want to share it with our families. So you just said it. I ordered a t-shirt from a military spouse called woman warrior. I was so happy to get it. And I was like, yes, I haven't even opened it yet. I can't wait. Um, But I did want to share if it's okay. There is an organization called AMSI, the Association of Military Spouse Entrepreneurs. And if you are on the fence, scared. I'm the firm believer of do it scared. Whatever it is, do it scared. But AMSI will help you connect you with mentors, the guidance, the this, all the things that you can 
need to start a business. So I encourage you to become a member. There is, there's like a free membership that can get you started if you don't have the funding, but then there's, there's paid memberships where you get a lot more. But I think being a part of AMSI, being a part of Rosie, there are several organizations that can help and support you starting a new business. And I'm, I'm all for it because if, if we're not looking out for ourselves, who is? Yep. As if we're not doing it. Yeah, I, I agree with AMC. We've had a couple of different people that work for them here on the show and we we love it because we encourage that. Both me and Ashley are entrepreneurs ourselves and we know that that is the most portable job. I mean, you're going to have to learn taxes. You're going to, you know, when you're moving different places, you're going to have to learn things, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's very portable because it's yours. You make the rules, you get to figure out how that works. If you only want to work five hours a week, you want something very minimal, then you pick a job and you pick something that's going to work for that. So everyone, go ahead. I'm sorry. It just, it gives you back that identity that we're talking about. It's something that is you. Yes. And everyone thought I was crazy when I said, I'm going to start a TV show. Even I thought I was a little crazy because having worked in television production for 20 years, I know what it costs. It's expensive. And I'm like, what am I doing? But I had also been a teacher and I taught television production to students. So in the classroom, I was talking about my idea for moving with the military, but all I kept saying was all the negative, all the reason why I couldn't, it's gonna be hard. And one of the students looked at me and said exactly verbatim what I said to them. You have YouTube. You have every social channel under the sun and you have a cell phone. What are you waiting for? Right. Yep. And I was like, well, I'm so glad that you were actually listening in class (laughs) because yes. um, And that's how we started. We just started small and there's nothing wrong with starting small. You got to start somewhere and just did it and did it. And most people, when they watch the show, automatically assume we're on like HGTV. Like, because our, our quality level is as competitive. And they're like, oh, so you're on HGTV? We're like, no, we're on VetStream TV. So head on over there and check it out. There's a lot of, a lot of great- Like maybe someday, hopefully someday, right? <laughs> hey, if they're listening, come on over because yes, we, we are ready to do all the things. But yeah, I, you know, there's, there's every excuse under the sun to not do something. You Absolutely. will always find it. It's not the right time. It's too much money. Oh, our kids are little. Oh, he's going to deploy. Yes, he's going to deploy. Oh, we're going to PCS. Yes, he's going to. It's going to happen every time. So if if you're waiting for the end, I think you're going to find yourself at the end going, now what? Yeah, absolutely. Now what do I do? Starting small is okay. You're going to learn that way. I think that a lot of the things that I've learned over the last six years of doing the things I do is outstanding. Like I didn't go to school to edit podcasts, but I know how to edit podcasts. I know how to get the like streaming on all the different programs. Like I've learned so much because I just did it. I just was like, we're starting a podcast. Let's go. We'll figure it out as we go. And we did. And it's, it's with any job that you're going to start. It's going to be that same thing. You have to just do it. You have to just do it until you get it figured out. Until you get it done. I love that. And we're resourceful as heck. So yeah. You'll get there. It should be good. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I wanted to see if you had maybe three or four tips to kind of how, as the people are going into this PCS season again, how they can get to their new home and make it immediately feel more like a home, not just a house that they're living in. 
Okay, so I'm going to start with a little bit of the before you move because, and we talked about it a little bit, you need to declutter. Mm -hmm. You don't know all the stuff that you have. And even in one of our PCS moves, I was like, when was the last time I even opened this box? Like what's even in the box? I don't know. Go, go through your stuff. Do you really need it? Can you sell it? Is it, is it a keepsake or is it something that you, yeah, you haven't, you, I haven't opened that box in five years. Clearly I don't need it. So go through your stuff because decluttering is to me is the key to really yeah, be you'd be surprised how much is there how much you've hidden in boxes we when we moved here we're like oh we're gonna be an apartment we didn't end up in an apartment but we got rid of so much stuff in a garage cell and when our boxes got here still in this bigger house i was like why do we have so much stuff <laughs> what am i gonna do with all these things um and then the next thing i recommend and especially if you didn't get a chance to declutter or even if you did when you get to the new duty station do not go shopping <laughs> right away. Do not do that right away. Cause I see people do that all the time. They're like, Oh, I'm going to get a whole new this. No, 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 no. Take what you have. And I lay it all out in the living room. And then I go shopping in my own stuff mm -hmm. because I'm like, I totally forgot. I had those lamps and yes, those, those lamps do not work in this living room, but now I have this extra bonus space and they could work up there. Shop with what you have. And that way you're spending less. You're Absolutely. spending less money. Um, the third, gosh, I could, I could throw, I could throw some money. Instead of painting all of the walls, paint one, make a focal wall or use removable wallpaper on one wall. Removable wallpaper, I absolutely love. It makes the biggest visual impact, but it's not cheap. It is more expensive than paint. Paint mm -hmm. is the, the least expensive way to go, but you don't have to do an entire room. Do one as a focal and then work around that. That really helps. Take old furniture, repurpose it, repaint it, make it different, usable. I've had dressers from the bedroom in entryways refinished it, refurbished it, made it look a little bit different because it didn't fit in the bedroom to begin with. So right. we're going to use it somewhere else. That Those are always keys, key elements to be able to do. And I think the biggest thing is for me, do not buy from the beginning. And this is the hard part. Do not buy oversized furniture because we're going to move to so many different places. And my husband would love the gigantic couch with the recliner and the cup holders. I hate those. I, I'm sorry if you have one, anyone, they're not my favorite, but they're so big and clunky and they don't fit in every house. And unfortunately so, they break a lot in moves. My brother's couch got broken because it's got so many moving parts and it doesn't take much. <laughs> it does, exactly. So if you have furniture that's more modular, then you're able to move it, you know, think instead of one big, large couch, maybe two love seats. Mm-hmm. And that might work better. So you have to kind of think about it from the beginning, if you can, and go, how, how am I going to travel with this? How is this going to work? And if, if you're upgrading from the futon, wonderful. Start there and go, what, what can we add to make this feel like us? And understand, I think having that communication with your spouse, I've been married for 20 years and we still have to have the what is us communication because our tastes are completely different. Right. Absolutely. He needs a man cave because if he could live in a room of Legos, he would. 
he absolutely would. And I'm like, oh my God, not another Lego. But finding your space on where you want that and what your tastes are, communicate those things in the beginning so that you can can really, you know, hone in on it. Did that answer the question or did I squirrel? Yeah, no, it did. So, uh, the one that I would add a tip to that is shop during PCS seizing other people's stuff because yes! we got here because we had got rid of so much stuff and ended up in a bigger house. We waited until this summer and people are getting rid of things. They're just giving it away because they don't want to take it with them. They don't want it on their weight. So that just wait until the summer, next summer, like get used to your house. Or if you get here early summer in your move and shop the people who are trying to get rid of their stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. The marketplaces, online marketplaces, you will find so much. And I know that here we have an organization called Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. And so many of the builders will give away the things that were in the model homes, which are gorgeous and expensive. They'll give it to Habitat for Humanity because they get a tax break by doing that, by making that donation. And we've gone there to get chandeliers. I just bought a $3,000 couch for... 150 bucks. Yep. But you got to look at those things. It looks smaller. Yeah. The cheaper it's okay. We started out, obviously we were really young when we got married and we started out with furniture that someone gave us. It was ugly. (laughs) It was awful, but then we just pick up pieces. All of it's been used. And we look back, like I look around our furniture and I'm like, no, I think pretty much everything we own is used. There may have been like, we did buy new couches when we were finally old enough to care about what our couches look like. But not much has been bought brand new and it's going to get broken in moves. It's going to be like, there's very little that we want to buy that we're going to keep because of that. So we've always, always shopped used. And like I was saying, military spouses are moving and they're doing their declutter. You're going to pick up anything you want for really cheap, if not free. Right. Exactly. Hey man, curbside, there is always a lot. Trash day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In military this summertime, you can get everything. You could furnish your entire house for free. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much <you> could. <laughs> Maybe not mattresses. I wouldn't recommend that situation. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Um, but I, I love the idea of painting one wall too. I Maybe I'll think about it here. My biggest concern is the German walls are made differently. So they, they're, they're all, the walls are all made by big concrete bricks, like the ones that cedar bricks that we like sit on around campfire kind of thing, the big rectangles. Wow. And so then they just put wallpaper on that and then paint it white. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to put anything because I'm really worried about messing up what they already have on the wall. <laughs> wow, I've never seen that before. We have not had an Oconus move. So I have no Germany clue. houses I'm... are built different. You have to get special nails because it's all concrete. There's no drywall. There's no drywall in your house. And that's also why it gets really hot in the house in the summer and kind of cold in the winter because there's no insulation. It's just there's like, no insulation. Wow. Yeah. It's wild. It's a different, different world. And we don't have air conditioning either. So that's another. <laughs> Oconus is just different, but it's not bad because it's not getting Texas hot. Right. We're not like. Oh, it's already in the triple digits. Yeah. Oh, we don't hey. get there. We don't, we get up to the nineties and that's like a heat wave. So. No, we're in the triple digits, but we're hoping that maybe. Um, later this year or earlier next year, we're actually going to take moving with military back on the road and go overseas. So we've been uh, talking with a few friends in Germany, in Korea and in Japan. Aha. Uh, So you'll learn, you'll get to learn what the houses look like. I think on-base housing is probably much more Americanized. I know they do have like 110 volt, uh, like electric outlets and they have other things that are a little bit more American than they are in our house. Oh, I don't know. I hope to learn. That is definitely one thing I want to do. 
It's definitely a learning experience. We have nothing hung up because I have no idea how to hang anything on the walls. I'm like, they're just sitting all in a pile, all of our art. I was like, well, this is where oh, we are. Okay. Yep. Oh, <laughs> so it's been okay. kind of a, a, a ride. So yeah, we kind of went over some things. I know we get a little off the rails on these episodes, but it's fun. It's wonderful. That's the kind of personality I am anyways. It's always everywhere. But I hope that if you guys are PCSing in this coming summer or even next year and you're hearing this, start your declutter now, right? Start now, be prepared. Definitely do your research. If you're moving international, as we just talked, look at what those houses are going to look like. It's going to feel different. We, I know there's a lot of spouses that ask in our groups, like, should I bring this? Should I not bring that? My advice also, if you're going international is don't bring your um, appliances. It's just not really worth it because on post, they will give you most of the major appliances and then you're not really going to use your minor ones because even if it has a 110 it will blow a lot of heated elements and stuff will like your crock pot and stuff will just stop working and your your hair dryer and stuff so just don't bring it buy it here people who are moving away are getting rid of crock pots every single day so you're gonna find it here just fine so wow okay yeah all right. Who knows? Like we said, there's two years left in my husband's career. They might drop, you know, E8 on him. If they do, I'm like, here you go. I mean, E8, E9. I'm like, Sergeant Major School, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, right. So just so do your wait. research, but do make it homey. We are talking about like how many times I've not done that. And this time when we moved in, we haven't painted, but we, I let them pick a theme for each of the rooms that they wanted. And we bought some things to hang like on their beds and stuff because obviously we haven't figured out how to hang anything else up but we've gotten she got a really cool mannequin that she was able to put a costume of her anime people that she's obsessed with on so it's it's art there's things in her room and there's things in his room that feel like they're home and they feel like they're they're adjusted yeah it feels complete because when it's not when it feels like it's half done I almost feel like they feel half done I do yeah so we want to try and make it as complete as we can I agree yep you don't want to be sitting in just a white room with just your bed in there. It's not, that's not fun for anybody The bed on the mattress on the floor. Yeah. So. That's rough. Well, thank you for coming on. I will make sure all of the links that she has mentioned um, throughout the show get added to the show notes. So if you guys found something that we were talking about that you're interested in, you can find it really easily through us. And then we will be back again later this month with something else related to PCSing. I am sure because it's the time of year, but Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you guys later. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And as we like to say, ruck up buttercup.